to livealittlehigher.com. This week we continue learning Hobos Halevavo, Duties of the Heart by Rabbi Bahia Ibn Pakuda, and we're in the gate of repentance, Shar HaTeshuvah. And today <clears throat> he teaches us, he teaches us something very interesting. He says that the things that inhibit repentance are exceedingly numerous. Like the reasons why people eh, don't feel that they can repent. The reasons that keep us away from doing good and take us to do bad. And he mentions a few at the beginning of this, this gate, but today he's going to give us a few more. So he says, to this should be added deciding on sin, eh, pers persisting in it and delaying its re renunciation. As long as this continues, there cannot be any repentance. So yes, how many of us know that we shouldn't be doing something? This is not what Hashem wants from me. I should really change my ways. But we don't do anything to change. You know, when nothing changes, nothing changes. And we keep on doing the, the, the habit, the habitual thing that we're used to do. And there is an old saying, imagine, this book is a thousand years old, and he's saying that there's an old saying, no sin is small if one persists in it, no sin is great if one seeks forgiveness for it. This is because one who persists indicates contempt for the word of God, takes lightly his command and prohibition, and scornfully invites upon himself his punishment of such a person, it is said, but the person who acts defiantly, that person, person shall be cut off from among this, his people because has shown contempt for God, God's word. This is in Bamidbar, in, this, uh, in the book that we're reading right now in the Humash. And so he continues seeing, saying, furthermore, if one persists in a sin, even if only a small one, it grows larger and larger and larger as one persists on it. So you can start with a little sin, a little stupid thing that you're doing that is not so bad. Like, for example, men, Jewish men, are forbidden to look at other women. We don't only sin with, with what we do, we, we sin with what we think. And so imagine the man is looking at the pretty women and, the, and he's looking at them and thinking how gorgeous they are. It's a tiny sin. Like he's, it's in his head, it's little. But then this will take him to flirt with them. Then this will take him to not be faithful to his wife. And one little thing that started with contemplating the beauty of other women ends up taking him to a very horrendous sin. So it says, if one asks forgiveness for it and renounces it for fear of God, grows grows smaller and smaller and is diminished. Like if you make a huge sin, something that is horrible, but you feel bad about it, you feel bitter about it, you're regretting it, you're ashamed about it, and you decide that you're gonna do Teshuvah and you're never gonna do it again, then it becomes little. So we see how a little thing can become huge and a huge thing can become nothing. And so it says here, he gives the, um, the allegory of silk, uh, the, the thread of silk, and we see that the thread of silk is very, very uh, delicate. And it becomes very, very strong when it's folded many, many times. And yet you know that its origin is 
the, the weakest of things, which is the secretion of a worm. The, imagine this, this, this thread of, lin, of, of silk comes from the secretion of a worm. It's a tiny thing, but it can become very, very strong when it's, when it's um, folded over many times. And when used over a long period of time, gradually it wears out until it finally snaps and becomes the weakest of all materials. And the same is true of small of great sins. They grow large if one person persists in them or a small if one seeks forgiveness for them. For this reason, a scripture compares them to ropes. And it says, woe to those who draw equity with tenuous strings, who draws in as, as with wagon ropes. And he comes again and he says, like the old saying says, do not focus on the trivialty of what you have done, but on the exaltedness of the one you have sinned against. This is interesting. Like, if you would consider all, all the time, you would have Hashem in front of you all the time, and you think, oh my gosh, how could I have done this in the presence of such a king? You know, if they would take you to a palace to meet the king of a country, you would be dressed in your best wardrobe, you would be very proper, you wouldn't speak before the king speaks to you, you would take etiquette classes on how you have to hold your fork in the dining room. You would be so worried about acting correctly in front of this king, of not messing it up. But imagine we're in front of the king all day, all day. We're in his palace, we're in his world, all day. And we do not take it into account. We do things trivially, we do whatever we do, we think nobody's watching, and, and we just do them. But we don't recognize or we don't realize or it's our lack of awareness that we don't recognize that Hashem is there with us and He's watching us. So it says here, do not focus on the trivial, triviality of what you have done, but on the exaltedness of the one you have sinned against. Do not rejoice that people are unaware of the evil within you. Rather, grieve because the Creator is aware of what you conceal. So yes, maybe you said something you shouldn't have said, and you're not so worried because you know only this person heard, but they're not better than me. But you know what? Hashem also heard. And so He, he knows what's in your heart, so you cannot hide from Him. I heard something beautiful yesterday from Rabbi Shayamar from Golden Beach. He said that the previous Rebbe, Yosef Yitzhak, when he, was, when he turned 13 years old, he, he, the father, uh, the Rebbe Shalom Dov Ber Schneerson, who was the fifth Lubavitcher Rebbe, called him into his study and he said to him, my son, you just turned 13 years old, you're considered an adult, I want to give you some counsel, I want to tell you three things that you have to live for. He says, don't fool yourself, don't fool others, and don't let others fool you. Don't fool yourself. Don't think that you're living la vida loca and there's not an eye that sees, an ear that hears, and everything's being recorded, and then you're gonna have to go and explain why you did all this in, 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 in the world to come. And don't fool others. Don't make people think things that are not true. And then don't let others fool you. Live with the myth, live with the truth. 
And so he says here that, that, that we're unaware of the evil within you. Rather, grieve because the Creator is aware of what you conceal. He knows everything about you. You're not fooling Him. You're not fooling Him. And so He sees your hidden thoughts and outward practices and remembers them better than you do. And for you forget, but He does not forget. You fail to see, but He does not fail to see. As it says, look, it is recorded before me. And the sin of Yehuda is recorded in, uh, 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 in the book of Yermiyahu. And it says, another thing that inhibits repentance is reverting to a sin. After one has completed all the requirements of repentance for it, as it says in the section beginning the word that came to Yermiyahu, that they proclaim liberty for them, that each man release his Hebrew slaves, both male and female, but afterwards they reversed themselves and took back the slaves whom they had set free and re-enslaved re them. Like, okay, once you do Teshuvah, you did Teshuvah. Don't go back to it. Don't repeat your mistakes. It's like Albert Einstein say, insanity is to do the same thing and think that you're going to get different results. So if nothing changes, nothing changes. And then he says here, Another inhibiting factor is reassuring yourself that you will repent towards the end of your days. And you say, ah, you know, I'm young, I have to live life, I have to enjoy every little thing that there's in this world. You know, when I get old, I'll repent, I'll do teshuvah, I'll get my act straight, and uh, when I'm old. And so our mes masters of blessed memory said, he who says, I will sin and repent, sin and repent will be given no chance to repent. So if a person says, oh, you know, I'm going to eat that juicy cheeseburger today, but tomorrow I'll, I'll repent, tomorrow I'll do Teshuvah, Hashem doesn't, doesn't uh, forgive him. So my soul make provisions abundantly, not meagerly, while you still are alive and able for a long journey lies ahead of you. This is from Yoma. Do not say, tomorrow I will make provisions, for today is gone. Don't live tomorrow. Don't live tomorrow. Tomorrow is not here. Live today. It is today. This is all you have now. It's right now, this moment. Tomorrow, who knows? And you do not know what tomorrow may bring. Realize that yesterday will never return. And that all that you did then is wait, counted, and appraised. And do not say tomorrow I will act. For the day of death is hidden from all who live, hastened to, to do each day the appointed task. For death at any time may send its arrow and bolt. Do not delay doing the prescribed work of each day. For as a bird wanders from its nest, so must man wander from his place. So tomorrow, who knows tomorrow? We have no idea. We can go to sleep tonight and we don't know if we have tomorrow. Whatever you need to fix, fix it today. Whatever you have the opportunity to, to fix at the moment, fix it. Live with alacrity. Don't wait. And so another factor that inhibits repentance is repenting from some sins while persisting in others. Like, for example, we see that there's people that do teshuvah and they repent of all the sins that they had between them and God. For example, they never pray, they never learn Torah, they never put on tefillin, they never uh, ate kosher, and they start doing all this stuff. And they did the Shabbat, and they became religious. 
But then they don't repent. They don't detach from the sins that they commit against their fellow. And so the guy that is praying all day, he's eating kosher and he's giving tzedakah and he's this holy guy, suddenly he's stealing, he's hitting his wife, he's, he's, he's terrible. So from of him it said, if there is guilt in your hand, remove it. And on this subject, our masters of blessed memory have said, if a person has committed a transgression and confesses but does not turn away from it, to what may he be compared? And to one who holds a deed, a dead creeping thing in his hand, even if he were to immerse in all the waters of the world, the immersion would not be affected. He would not become pure. And but if he tosses it from his hand, immersion is then affected, as it says in Mishlei, but he who admits and forsakes his sins will be forgiven. And so this is the teachings of the of the of Rabbi Pakuda, the the Baal, Baal Habitahon, uh, on how we have to conduct ourselves and not fool ourselves and not fool others and not let others fool us. Live with the truth. When you live with the truth, you're gonna see a lot of goodness in your life. So I wish you a blessed week and remember, live a little higher. Thank you.